Welcome to the Brownstein Hyatt Farber Shrek podcast series. The COVID-19 pandemic has required city planning departments to change how they manage development projects. Brownstein shareholder Jamie Thalgott brings together Alfredo Malesio, City of North Las Vegas Assistant City Manager, Michael Tassi, City of Henderson Director of Community Development and Services, and Robert Summerfield, City of Las Vegas Director of Planning, to discuss updates to entitlement and development application procedures, changes to the approval processes, and development trends they are seeing as social distancing and remote work continue. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Brownstein Hyatt Farber Shrek podcast series. My name is Jamie Thalgott and I'm a shareholder in the firm's Las Vegas office. My practice centers around real estate, which includes land use and development matters. And before rejoining the firm in 2019, I actually had the privilege to work for three and a half years with the city of Henderson, representing their community development and services department, planning commission, and property management departments. Um, now in private practice, I have the pleasure to work with staff of jurisdictions across the valley, three of whom join me today. Um, as a quick backdrop to our discussion, I think most everyone is aware that the COVID pandemic has affected the entire country, not least of whom the public servants who keep it running. Um, city staffers across the United States are facing challenges weighing social distancing and business closures against their obligation and need to keep the city and development running in our economy going. For the development world specifically, the community is interested in what to expect now that we're entering phase reopening in terms of procedural changes and trends. Today, through our discussion, we'll get the unique opportunity and insight to hear what to expect from each of the cities of Las Vegas, Henderson, and North Las Vegas. So thank you for joining us. I'd like to now ask each of our panelists to quickly introduce themselves to the audience, if you wouldn't mind. And Alfredo, would you like to go first? Yes, thank you. Uh, my name is Alfredo Malesio, and I came to North Las Vegas in 2017 and was appointed to be the assistant city manager in 2018. Previously, I spent my entire life and career in the Chicagoland area, uh, working in government in various planning and redevelopment capacities for 20 years. And if you have a choice between the White Sox and the Cubs, always choose the Cubs. <laughs> Thanks, Alfredo. Uh, how about you, Michael? Thank you, Jamie. Um, my name is Michael Tassi. I've been I'm the director of community development and services with the city of Henderson. Been with the city since 1995. I started as a planning technician at our front counter and I've held every position in the department, um, both in current and long range. And now I have the, uh, the honor to serve as a leader for 124 people in both uh, current planning, long range planning and housing building and fire safety, code enforcement, and development services. Thank you, Michael. I definitely miss working with you. Um, and then Robert, <laughs> if you wouldn't mind saying a few words about yourself too. Hi, everyone. Um, my name is Robert Summerfield. I'm the director of planning for the city of Las Vegas. Uh, I've been with the city of Las Vegas uh, for the last 15 years, just, uh, just about. Um, and I've been the planning director for the last uh, three. Uh, my... Uh, career is generally dealing with long range and regional um, planning issues. Uh, but as the planning director, I also work very closely with uh, our folks that handle our application intake or entitlement process. Uh, also uh, here at the city, I oversee all of our business licensing and our code enforcement, as well as our planning matters. Great. Thank you, Robert. And thank you to each of you for those introductions. We're really lucky to have 
each of you helping the public navigate this process that's been challenging for everyone. Um, and the three of us or four of us have had a chance just briefly to discuss the pandemic's effects on your operations, but we want to share that now with the community more broadly. So Alfredo, if I could ask you first in North Las Vegas, what are you seeing in terms of changes to the entitlement and development application process coming out of the closures and the pandemic for which the community should be aware? What are you seeing that's changed? And also, how can we find them? Do you have uh, an email blast that someone would be able to sign up for is the best way to call staff? Or how would you recommend finding that information now? Oh, thank you. And thank you for this opportunity. Well, this week, uh, I think the public needs to know that we've uh, been moving towards a no shoes, no shirt, no mask, no service policy here in North Las Vegas. And so you have to uh, bring your own mask um, to enter the building. One of the first things we did after the closure of City Hall is provide opportunities uh, for folks to telework. And so as a result, we went to online submittals for all applications for development, building, planning, and business license. So even though we are open now, you uh, don't have to come down to continue to do service uh, to access our services. You can just go online. And uh, while we did have a few people who wanted to drop off plans, those drop-offs consisted mainly of revisions. And so we wanted to finish those off uh, for the process. In planning, we required everyone to submit their entitlement requests uh, via email. This gave us the opportunity to review uh, their applications for complete lists. And once this was determined, we would notify them of their fees. Currently, while we are open, we are still requiring all those to be emailed. And so we're only accepting digital submittals. We found that's actually uh, a little more efficient. Uh, before, we used to spend staff time putting the documentation together to send out to uh, various agencies that we're required to. But uh, if they submit a complete packet, it's already scanned. And so we just forward that on. So we've actually found some efficiencies as a result of, of the pandemic. Uh, in building, uh, we have folks who now can file electronically. We use uh, Bluebeam, uh, which a lot of our sister cities have been using for a while. Uh, and that imp implementation actually benefited uh, from the need to just get going uh, in more of a digital world. And we're also working uh, with our IT department to make it easier to submit uh, online submittals. We're also working with IT to improve business licensing. Um, our goal is to create an online system for filing to make things more efficient. And everything is online, um, but I have to tell you, our friendly neighborhood office assistants or permit application specialists are one phone call away. Uh, our, our volume is such that we, every time I try to uh, get folks to more of the online process, follow the instructions, it turns out they just know how to contact Lisa or to contact Patricia uh, to make things happen for them down here. And so um, you go online, the information is all there but we still take phone calls here in North Las Vegas. Okay, great. Well, it sounds like going to your website's probably the quickest way to find these updates and then your staff is still accessible. And it sounds like everything's been working out pretty well for you guys then moving to the electronic system. Yes, very much so. Great. Um, and Michael, what about you? What are you seeing in the city of Henderson? Is it pretty similar? Do you have any unique um, circumstances or application processes you'd like to highlight? Jamie, thank you. Uh, and it very, it's very similar to what uh, what Alfredo was just outlining for North Las Vegas. We were going down the road of doing online submittals um, as part of uh, our our process and our process improvements that we're doing in the Development Services Center. 
And that was uh, just advanced because of the shutdown. So we had to um, go move from, you know, it's about a year up, year away to we got to do this next week. And so our IT folks and our, all of our plan check folks got together and developed our processes. So we're 100% on, we use Bluebeam just like North Las Vegas. Um, we're on our Intergov system. And uh, just doing that sort of outreach to the development industry, we have a very good relationship with the Southern Nevada Home Builders and other industry partners. We would send out an email blast. But then we also updated our website to include links to get to how, how you submit those applications. On the entitlement side as well, um, we started doing those all by electronic submittal. And it became um, uh, something that our, our development community got pretty good at it. And then we also were able to find some efficiencies in our staff review process because those things were coming to us electronically. We had less to scan and less to, uh, to uh, send out to everybody. You know, as far as uh, our inspections, I, I just like I'm sure every other jurisdiction, it's an essential service. And so our inspectors continue to work. Um, there are some you know, some concerns with going into people's homes. And so we, we developed a virtual inspection process using um, essentially the, the format that, that Alfredo and his guys out in North Las Vegas use um, fairly consistently. We, we reached out and we got some information on how to do that and then started implementing that as well. That's great. Um, so it sounds like these electronic application processes are going to be permanent then because they were already in the works before this. And you're, you're finding they're working well? Uh, yeah, I would agree with that. I think this is where we're heading towards. Uh, it just, like I said, it made us do it a lot quicker. And so we've got some, we've got some kinks to work out, you know, with, as far as a walkthrough plan when you came in and, hey, I want something over the counter or working through what that electronic process looks like. Um, but I believe it's here to stay and uh, we'll continue to try and improve our processes. Gotcha. What about the front desk? Do you think that it will still continue to be open or do you think that will eventually just phase out the customer question desk? You know, I think that we'll still have, uh, in fact, if you look at our city hall now, we've been open since uh, you know early June. It's been um, kind of a ghost town on the development services side because we're not taking in anything by paper, um, but we still have a lot of questions on our, on our entitlement side. And so we, we do still see some traffic. It's not as much because you can get that online. And as Alfredo mentioned, a lot of folks know who to call and they can, they can get a hold of our, our people who, are, who have been answering the phone since the beginning. Um, but yeah, I think, I think we're, gonna, we're still going to see some traffic in City Hall. It's just not going to be as much. Well, thank you. And I know all three of you have really responsive staff and everyone appreciates that. Robert, what about you and the city of Las Vegas? Are you seeing anything unique from your staffers or concerns that you're seeing that haven't been mentioned already? No, um, we were we were very lucky in the city of Las Vegas. Most of our processes had already been electronic before COVID. So, um, in fact, our building safety department was our last development services uh, department that needed to go to electronic submittal process. And it had done that at the beginning of the year. So just before COVID, um, like uh, Alfredo was saying, we still had revisions to plans and things that came in through paper. So we had to come up with some ways that people could still drop off paper and the paper could be quarantined um, for that period of time. I think it's like 24 hours or 48 hours or something like that. Um, but for us, the biggest change was as much as people like things like this, where we're calling in and teleconferencing and stuff like that. One of the biggest changes for us was changing our pre-application conferences. 
um, which are the meetings before an application is actually submitted, almost exclusively those are done in person. There's usually plans to lay out on a table, things to mark up when you're sitting right there. Um, and that's been really for us, the culture shift is trying to move not just the staff members, but the, the community as well. It's very used to that process to trying to do that in a virtual environment. And that worked for many people. Um, however, we deal with a lot of um, smaller scale, not developers, mom and pops that are trying to, you know, do something in the backyard or a retiree who's trying to do an extension to the house and doesn't necessarily have all of the uh, equipment at home um, or a consultant that they've hired that they can go to their office or what have you. So that's been kind of the thing that we continue to work through on the application side. It's just been a, a different because of COVID for us versus our normal operating procedures. Right. Yeah, that's a good point too. I'm sure some developers out there don't have all the tech that's required to host something like this where they can have video conferencing and interface with staff. Um, but I think, you know, as this has gone on, people have become more and more familiar with the Zoom format. Um, but is there somewhere that the public can find any changes they need in the city of Las Vegas? Is that also through your website or should they call the help desk? Absolutely. So we've got a couple different ways that for the city, you can get some of this COVID specific uh, changes. So on our website, we have um, two links that are available there. One is just our uh, coronavirus update link. And that basically you go in there and it's got kind of an FAQ on all the changes to our operations. The other one we have is for reopening resources for businesses um, that kind of walks businesses through what they need to do to reopen from either a, a entitlement land use issue or a licensing issue. Um, and then points them to other resources in the community, not just here at the city of Las Vegas, but at a regional or even a state or federal level resources that they can use for reopening. That's great. Thank you. And I know just from personal experience that all the guidance that your offices have put out has been very helpful as we've navigated the process for clients through the last few months. Um, but Robert, since I have you still, let me ask you also in city of Las Vegas, then we've talked about the application process, but what have you seen in terms of changes in the approval process? For example, you know, we've seen a lot of public meetings go from an in-person public comment format to people having to submit and then having um, remote comment rather than in-person comment. What, what have you been seeing in terms of changes to the approval process? So for the city of Las Vegas, we actually, we maintained our, our, our mayor and council came very directly at the beginning of all this and said, okay, we understand we're going to scale back in certain places, but the three things that the city has to be able to continue was, um, our planning commission meetings, our city council meetings, and our recommending committees because those deal with any changes uh, to our ordinances. And so for the most part, our meetings continued as is. Now all of our board meetings and those kind of things, our historic preservation committee, traffic, all of those kind of stopped. But the, the main feeders for development, planning commission and city council, those continued. But because you're absolutely right, we didn't want a bunch of people in chambers for those meetings and creating um, issues with social distancing and what have you. And in the early days, especially, a lot of the protocols we have in place right now for the health screenings and the temperature checks, the infrastructure just wasn't there for those. 
So what we did in the city was we did institute a couple different online options. One actually allowed people in real time to submit uh, online comments that our city clerk would read um, at the meetings. And the other option was, again, pretty low key. It was just an email address, but that would allow people who had comments on a specific item that was on an agenda to submit those comments up to an hour before the meeting started so that they could have those comments read uh, as a part of the record. So, um, and that for us is very different because our council um, has traditionally very much liked to see the people who are speaking on behalf of an, an item, connect with them so that they understand what their issues are, and oftentimes ask them questions to clarify uh, a concern or what have you. And so it's been clear for some of our, our members that not having the ability to have that interaction has been, um, has been difficult for them. Um, that's when one of the big ones. The other one is just trying to figure out how to do a neighborhood meeting. Our planning commission and council are um, big proponents of community involvement in neighborhood meetings. Um, some are required by code, but others are just a courtesy that the, um, the ward representatives uh, really like to have happen, particularly for certain types of requests. And trying to coordinate those when there's no community space for people to go to, and in the city of Las Vegas, the digital divide is very real. We have a significant portion of our community that does not have access to technology, uh, does not have access to um, even watch Channel 2, which is our cable access station, um, and alone the ability to uh, participate in a virtual meeting. So trying to figure out how to balance the, the needs of the pandemic versus the needs of the community and people's ability to participate in the process has been one of the things that we've uh, been working very hard on trying to balance those two somewhat competing needs. Gotcha. I think that's a really good point. Um, and Michael, what have you been seeing in the city of Henderson? Do you have anything else you'd like to express in terms of changes to the approval process that you've seen coming out of COVID and, um, or any information on where we could find approval changes that the public needs to be aware of? Well, I think you're going to find a very uh, similar thread here through all the jurisdictions and, and how we've handled um, the public meeting aspect of this. You know, we've had um, planning commission, city council, and neighborhood meetings um, virtually uh, for the last few months. Uh, in fact, we've had a couple of big projects come through. Um, you know, we had a uh, Black Mountain Golf and Country Club redevelopment project that was finally approved by council, but we had them do a neighborhood meeting in early April uh, via Facebook Live, and and that seemed to work out okay. Uh, they were able to share their screens and show uh, the neighbors who were there participating, and there was some back and forth, although not face-to-face. Of course, that is a challenge. Yeah, I think what it's led to is actually longer meetings uh, for us. In, in the past, the chair of the planning commission or the mayor um, that's running the meeting could say if, you, if your issue is traffic or if your issue is uh, crime, we understand that. Please try not to be repetitive. But when you have, you know, we had the other night, we had 140 emails on one, one particular project. Oh, wow. We had to read every single one of them. And, and that, that leads to a longer meeting, um, especially with the same message being repeated over and over and over again. Um, but I agreed. We've, you know, we've tried to adapt as best as we can. Um, you know, I think our, our chambers um, weren't set up for that. And so we've had to, to look at how to put things together so that it would work via, we have WebEx, uh, we have our SIRE system 
all of that is what we use to broadcast those meetings. And are those changes something you think are more temporary or will some of that stay as a more permanent change moving forward? We are having those conversations now. Um, you know, it really just depends on what the guidance is from the governor's office. Uh, right now, the, the public hearings are still, it's still under 50 people. Our chambers is so small that it's hard to accommodate a large group of people. And so having, um, having the discussion about how, what the options are, if people can still call in, they can still provide that feedback while not being their president at City Hall and still having people present at City Hall. So we're still trying to figure some of those things out, but I, I do think it's going to be with us for a couple more months. Thank you for that. And Alfredo, what about in the city of North Las Vegas? Do you have anything else you'd like to add on this topic about the approval process and how it's changed during COVID? Yeah, just uh, just a few things. For instance, our council chambers, standing room only, can bring in about 344 people. It can hold that capacity. Once you apply social distancing, it has a maximum of 42 seats. And with 10 to 15 staffers showing up, that really only leaves room for about 25 members of the public. Um, we haven't had that many pressing issues that required a lot of members of the public, so we haven't dealt with that. But over time, you can see how that is probably not sustainable. And so uh, what we have done is still allowed for public comment uh, digitally uh, via online forms. That's probably something that will probably stay with us. Um, moving forward, we've held a lot of meetings using uh, Google Hangouts and conferencing folks in uh, to facilitate that. But one of the first things we did when um, the pandemic hit was to go 100% um, on building and development offsite inspections. And so it also forced us uh, to really look at all the inspections we were running out after. And in the long run, we probably will have a nice list of new uh, inspections that can be done virtually instead of having to send someone out and wear and tear on vehicles and, and gas. And so we're going to continue to do those things to help speed up common inspections for the residents of the community. And what have you seen in terms of public response to this? Are you seeing more or less public comment now that, you know, a lot of that was needing to be done remotely versus when you had the, you know, full capacity of council chambers open for public comment in person? You know, I would say it's about the same. I, I think when um, the, the community, when they get something, get a hold of something that they're interested in and want to talk about, uh, they reach out to our clerk's office. It was very friendly about how they can participate either in person or virtually. So a lot of the notice mechanisms are still the same. Uh, I don't know, maybe they're looking at them a little more because there's your home. You're looking at maybe some of the little notices you get more. Uh, but so far, we've sent about the same number of folks either submitting uh, requests or submitting comment as we have in the past. Well, that's great. Thank you, all three of you, for that overview, and hopefully it gives our listeners a better understanding of the changes that have been necessitated by the pandemic and how you've moved through them. And now looking into the future, I'd like to ask you first, Michael, in terms of what you're seeing at City of Henderson, are there any trends that are developing in terms of the type of development applications you're seeing or patterns or general development appetite given the pandemic and now that we're starting to see a phased reopening of businesses? You know, I think we have, um, we've, we've seen a decline, obviously, in our numbers over the last few months. Uh, it's a little early to be able to tell what the trend is going to be. Uh, you know, I think I can point to April and the numbers were down significantly in April, but they're up a little bit in May. 
Uh, I think we're seeing, uh, I think we initially saw a 40 to 50% decline in, in, in our numbers, our permit numbers. Um, but from a you know, year-to-year perspective, it's, it's near like 26% um, uh, down. Um, but I think looking at our entitlement side and what is still happening out there in Henderson, we've, we've got quite a few big projects that are in all, all stages that are still continuing to move forward. Um, you know, obviously, we've got our Raiders headquarters, Google, uh, those are about to be completed and getting their um, their certificates of occupancy. But then we had recent approvals for the uh, Henderson Event Center for the uh, the Henderson Silver Knights, and then also um, for the Black Mountain Country Club and those bigger projects that are going through our entitlement phases. In addition to you know Henderson Hospital and their expansion and their expansion to a new site in in, in West Henderson. So I still think there's some appetite for development. We're seeing our our entitlement applications, there might be fewer, but there's some bigger projects. And those are those are have some promise. We, we hear, uh, at least we heard last week, um, that some of the uh, corporate entities are going to be releasing funds to, to uh, buy properties again here in September. And so, you know, on all this stuff, of course, is fluid. And it changes day by day, and it changes um, how, uh, depending on, on what our numbers look like and what the guidance is either from uh, the federal perspective or the state perspective. Um, but I think just in terms of general appetite for development, we're still seeing that that exists out there. Um, and even though we're seeing some scale down, I think the next couple months are going to be very telling. Thank you for keeping everything moving. It sounds like you have a lot of exciting projects going on. We do. That's great. And then Alfredo, if I could ask you if you're starting to see any trends now in terms of the applications you're getting or just general development appetite in North Las Vegas. You know, one of the things I want to point out is that we we have seen a slowdown like in Henderson. However, some of the projects uh, that we're moving forward are still moving forward. But the real uh, work that goes into a development is neighborhood meetings. And you, you, as a developer, you're vetting out all those questions from the concerned neighbors and, and you don't want to miss that. It, it, it's just something that you can't do virtually. And so why would you take a project half-baked to a mayor and city council if, it's, if it, you haven't had a chance to really vet it out with the community and then all the residents come to the council meeting? And so you, I think a, a lot of developers on our side were waiting for they, where they can have uh, an activity, uh, an evening where they can lay out their plans and really get the feel for the community. And that's been the, the sort of holdup because um, what we have seen, and, I, and I'm sure the, uh, my colleagues would agree, is that the construction industry was still open. And so the day after the pandemic, the week after the pandemic, the month after the pandemic, People are calling for inspections. Hey, we're ready to move forward. Come and see what we're doing. And, and we did a lot of that virtually, like we said. And we even have a couple of home builders who are start, starting to talk to us about new subdivisions. So I, I, they think that, you know, all this, uh, at least from our perspective, is, is, is going to occur and turn the corner. But I don't know if anybody can say their life wasn't uh, disrupted, you know, over the past three months in some fashion. Absolutely. Did you initially see a lot of requests for extensions? Um, of deadlines or applications that were pending when everything first broke out or has everything sort of just proceeded through the normal course? Um, everything has is, is proceeded uh, through the normal course, you know, a lot when on the development side, you know, we, we had a, a you know, a, a, a small, a short closing. We had, didn't have that many developments in that one month 
but those developers are still engaged and their projects are still um, ready to be funded. And so we're, we're ready, really ready to move forward. That's great. Thank you for that. And um, Robert, if I could just ask you as well, the same question, if you're starting to see any trends in development applications, patterns, or just general appetite for new development in the city of Las Vegas. So I would echo, uh, I think what Michael and Alfredo both said was, you know, we had a dip there as everybody had a little uncertainty as to what was what was happening next. But I think as the governor's reopening plans were beginning to be laid out and, and people began to see that there would be activity in the future, um, that we've seen, uh, again, not a, like a spike or anything, but we've seen an uptick in our applications um, that were submitted for our, uh, I think we just closed July, and it was a normal size closing. So we're seeing that there's still a lot of uh, interest in the development community. Um, one of the things that um, we're, we've been having some conversations about is what is the long-term impacts on planning, particularly urban planning, in light of some of the, you know, the articles that have been written about uh, the pandemic and how it affected more central cities and um, what have you differently than it did in other um, other built environments. Um, and so we'll see if, if any of that actually changes anything. There's a lot that goes into um, where people build and how they build. Um, and I think this may have raised some questions, but I don't know that it's necessarily, at least not yet, we've seen anything that suggests it will change long term. Uh, the development patterns, at least not not here in the city, at least not now. Well, that is very good news. Um, our office is actually located in downtown Las Vegas. So, um, you know, it's, it's near and dear to our hearts at Brownstein as are all of our areas being redeveloped in the Las Vegas Valley. So I'm really happy to hear that. And I'd just like to, again, thank each of you for your time today and your insight and most importantly, your service to each of our communities in the Las Vegas Valley. I hope this is helpful to everyone listening, um, but most of all, just really excited to be able to engage with each of you and give you a platform to speak to the community in a way you might not be otherwise able to. So thank you again, and we're looking forward to keeping everything moving and getting everything back in order and back open. Thank you. Thank you, Jamie. Uh, it was great. I appreciate it. Thank you for listening to the Brownstein Hyatt Farber Shrek podcast series. If you like what you hear, please subscribe and rate us on Apple Podcasts or your favorite podcast app. Visit bhfs.com for more information.